Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. The cost of rent in Limerick has risen by 8% this year. According to the latest report from daft.ie, you'll have heard about that on the show, but also on Live 95 News on the air and online during the week. In Limerick City, rent has risen by 6.3%, with the average cost of rent uh, expected to set you back 1000 €293 a month in the county. There's been an over 8% increase at €1,003 on average for a house in county areas. With all of this in mind, we're asking especially younger listeners this morning if they feel confident of ever becoming a homeowner or are they happy or at least are they willing to be a lifelong renter. So uh, three uh, friends of the show, Nikki Anderson, Ashton Kelly and Jason McNicholas are with me now to talk about this. Good morning to all of you. Um, Nikki, are you surprised to hear about the rise in rent, the cost of rent and the prospect of getting on the property ladder for you? What do you reckon? Um, first of all, good morning, Joe. Morning. And second of all, no, I'm not surprised at all. Like, I think it's one of those things that it's always been kind of a topic of conversation for a lot of younger people. And it's always kind of been like, oh, sure, we'll never own our own homes, like that kind of thing. But now when you're actually, you know, like, I'm 22 going on 23, I know it's very young to be um, thinking nowadays, to be thinking of buying property. But, like, if you put it into context, like, my parents were, and, you know, that's only one generation back. So, and the difference, like, I pay my own rent and it's it's mad because it's kind of turning into a double-edged sword because even if you do think of putting, like, of putting um, money aside, it's hard when your rent is continuously going up. And my rent, in even in the last few years, has gone up, I think it's, like, at least, like, 60 or maybe in Limerick or more, probably. And then... If you if you want to try and put money aside to one day own a property, you you can't really. It's really hard to do that nowadays because rents are continuing to rise. So you're almost feel like you're just throwing this money into like a fire burner because it's just not going anywhere. It has no long term benefit. And with the renting laws nowadays, you can be kicked out so easily. So it's just kind of one of those things where I think now it's becoming. You're become, I'm becoming, anyways, increasingly more aware of how scary it is. And I know it's not something that's right now on my radar, like my number one priority. But I would like the opportunity, to, if I wanted to in the future, to own my own house. And I think I think a lot of our generation are realizing that it's not, it's, be, it's almost the choice is being taken away from them. And it's very different not wanting to do something than not actually being able to do it. Yeah, and did Jason McNicholas say you're a recent enough graduate of the University of uh, Limerick? I know Nikki is just graduating, <laughs> but uh, on the basis that some of the advice given is, oh, you know, rents are so high around the country, including in Limerick, you'd be better off getting a mortgage and the whole dead money argument. But of course, getting a mortgage, even though if you got one, the rate might be lower than renting, the actual process of getting a mortgage really, really difficult. Um, yeah, Joe, um, to reiterate Nikki's point there, yeah, it, it, it is insane how we're living in a country where a rent is pricier than an actual uh, mortgage. And um, I know uh, recently enough, the central bank introduced uh, measures that would make it more difficult for a 
uh, a couple are earning about seventy-five grand a year, um, they can uh, they can borrow about three point five times their income to uh, put down uh, a mortgage on a house, and even then, um, the average price of a house in Dublin is about three hundred and thirty thousand. So they're still coming up short on that. So. Um, yeah, even to buy a mortgage, which would be cheaper, it's still difficult under the way Ireland handles its property. Yeah, and of course, I think somebody was making the point during the week that there's no doubt that it's almost factored in to the mortgage market now that it needs to be two incomes coming at a financial institution to have any chance of getting a mortgage in the first place. Oh, absolutely, yes. A, a single homeowner, I think, will become... Uh, pretty much fictional in the next few years. Really? Yeah, and just uh, look, the, the housing crisis, it has existed for many, many years now, but obviously, along with everything else, COVID just made it worse. Um, you know, obviously, we've been talking about cuckoo funds the past couple of weeks, and if you can even find a home to buy, that'll be a cause for celebration before they're all uh, bought up. And Ashley Kelly, you are a student at the University of Limerick. While still studying, does this enter the equation at all, or is it more about the renting of student accommodation, how that will work, the practicalities of it, and the quality of that accommodation too? Hi, Joe. Uh, definitely. It's a huge factor. I mean, if you're to look at a student who receives the SUSE income support, that's €300 Euro a month in maintenance. And I mean, the average rent price for student accommodation in Limerick goes from 300 to 700 euro a month. And I mean, that's just to find something that's habitable. Um, I know I was speaking to a couple of friends before I came on, a lot of them were saying that when they were actually deciding which college to go to, that it was a huge factor in terms of renting. Um, I think it was one of the biggest things that decided which city uh, and university they selected. And I mean, Limerick was considered one of the more affordable. But that's definitely changing in recent years. And particularly when you see how low that the support would provide for a student. And I think what we need to look at is, I mean, we're one of the most educated generations and we're one of the most en- educated workforces in the world. And yet, why should this generation have to sacrifice the idea of owning a property for their own security? And I mean, even if you look at our generation's like ideas towards housing, that's changing too. And I mean, we're willing to compromise in apartments, which are never really looked at as a viable option in this country because we're always looking to get the maximum value out of the land. But if you look at apartments, a lot of people will consider that a forever home. I know my generation would. And even COVID has shown students, young professionals working in tech, are more than willing to live in the countryside, so long as that they're provided with immunities such as internet and even renting offices. Just just to stop you once again, are you saying that the younger generation, people in their 20s, would be happy to consider an apartment a forever home if they own it? I do think so. I think Ireland tends to look at apartments as this transient thing that, you know, you rent for a couple of years and in between kind of property. But I don't think that should be the case. I mean, it's not the case in most of Europe. Apartments are considered a very viable forever home. And I think our generation would, so long as the quality increases and that they're actually designed... Mm -hmm accommodate families as opposed to just one or two people, you know, trying to uh, find digs for a while. That's interesting. Nikki, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I think growing up, um, definitely I wouldn't have seen, and obviously coming from a place of privilege, like I wouldn't have seen apartments as, as a secure. I would have grown up with them as Ashley said, like a transient home, like kind of like a, that would have been the way I see them, whereas now, like, Honestly, if someone was saying that there was like, you know, a three-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom apartment, 
going and it was, you know, in a nice location, habitable, 100% I would see that as a forever home. I don't think, I think everyone's different and I do think that is a big thing from our generation. Like as Jason said, like it is so sad in a way in my eyes that, you know, like someone who is single or independent of themselves will never be able to own a home. But like if that was made so they could own an apartment. But but I suppose my thinking about that would be, does it depend on life choices? You know, if, for example, you decide not to have children, that's one thing. But if a couple decides to have children, then a one bedroom apartment or a two bedroom apartment. I know it's possible, but is it something that you'd aspire to? No, no, of course, no, I wouldn't. But I am saying, like, say for if you put someone in a situation, not everyone wants a four-bedroom house with a garden and a white picket fence around it. And I think when people hear our generation saying we want our own home... Have you ever seen a white picket fence around a house in Ireland? Because I haven't. Sorry, that was very amazing. No, no, it's it's, it's a good point, though, because it is used at times. I've never seen one. But anyway, sorry. But no, 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 but... um, that, that's what I'm saying. I think everyone thinks that automatically we're talking about these big houses, three-bedroom houses, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas that thing is saying, like, everyone's own definition of a home is different and obviously will change and vary to someone's circumstance. Right. But I think it's... Yeah? No, sorry, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I just think it's sad how... Like Ashley said, like already rent is becoming such a barrier to education for people, to different things like that. Like I've seen it myself and it's it's crazy that how much it's influence, influencing us and now it's influencing us in our future. After we've gotten over that barrier, we're now getting to the point where, you know, like we're supposed to be reaping the benefits of being able to, you know, have these jobs and everything and we're yeah. not but, going but, to be able to. But Jason, what's interesting is when you talk to auctioneers even here in Limerick, they will make the point that there remains a price differential between, you know, the three-bed semi, let's say, in a suburb of Limerick and an apartment, you know, even a good apartment um, elsewhere in the city. That they, There still seems to be a cultural reluctance. And I suppose the suggestion maybe from Ashling and Nikki is that that's breaking down slightly among your age group in their 20s. Well, I, I think the, the older ways of thinking in that, like, Oh, an, uh, an apartment is something you might live at for five or six years, and you'll move on to bigger and better things. Um, th- those kind of um, traditional ways of thinking, I think, will fall by the wayside because our, our generation we don't view the suburbs as the holy grail utopia as much as other generations do. Like we, we provided it has all the amenities we need. I think most of us would be fine living in an apartment, and if we do make the choice of then, you know, starting a well, family. Okay, well, for example, happens. then, all the talk of uh, George and Limerick, right here in Limerick City Centre, and the efforts to turn those into homes. I saw a home go up, uh, one that was uh, refurbished um, on O'Connell Avenue only last week, and that's up for sale, or indeed apartments within those. Would you be happy to live your life in that situation, especially if you could purchase the house or the apartment? Um. Certainly, I would, and um, obviously that's uh, a lot of it in that scenario. But um, I, I'd be happy. Yeah, it's I'd, my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I wouldn't turn my nose up as uh, up at it simply for the fact that it isn't a house per se. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Nora's been in touch to say, "Ah, guys, calm down. Don't worry too much over housing. I was the same at your age. Things will work out. Um, when you settle down, it'll be grand." But the difficulty with that 
I think, um, Ashling, is that a lot of your generation have good reason to believe that it won't be grand. Absolutely. It's a completely different circumstance from any other generation it's faced. I mean, I was just looking at figures today from the CSO. A journalist has found out that housing prices have raised, raised by 537% since uh, 1988. So it's a completely different case. And I mean, at the moment, graduate jobs are flatlining in terms of the wages that they're offering. So, I mean, it looks it's two variables. I mean, you look at the cost of owning a property, you think I either have to find someone I'll buy this property with, or I have to receive this generous inheritance <laughs> that I don't think many people have coming down the line mm. for them. So I think it looks more, um, it's more certain to plan to emigrate than it is to plan a future in Ireland where even owning a property would ever come into the equation. And I think that's where the problems arise for students. Yeah. And Nikki, I mean, does it frustrate you when you hear people quote places like Germany where, you know, people rent all their lives and it's built in? Uh, you know, New York, interestingly enough, the centre of capitalism possibly in the world, but they have very strong rent controls in place in uh, New York City, or indeed intergenerational living and housing where, you know, properties are broken into apartments and you have uh, grandparents living upstairs, maybe uh, the family with kids, and then in the mm. basement, you, you know, all of that mm. stuff uh, going on. Um, is, is that something you'd be willing to embrace or do you think, well, that's fine for there? Um, no, I, I like no. It is something I'd be willing to embrace, but I think with any of these types of things, it's all well and good until they're said, until there's something put in, like the renting laws. Like I don't mind renting really for the next couple of years, but the thing is, is that there's no nothing stopping my rent going up each year, and it has done. So it gets scarier, and you can't help but think like, okay, I'm living in the exact same location. The house is basically the same, but I'm increasingly paying more money each year, but I'm not making any more. So it does make you feel like you're kind of clawing out of this, like trying to grab onto something and the, the pieces are just coming down because you don't have anything stable and you're kind of, in your head, it's that uncertainty and it's that, like if I knew that if I was going into a, a property and my rent was going to stay the same and it wouldn't change and that I was, you know, it was habitable, and that my landlord was like a good person or whatever. I've had I have had issues with landlords before. I've gone to the, the tenancy board and things weren't not even to do with pay, like to do with behaviour. And I didn't feel safe, and nothing came about it. Like it was said that nothing could be done because it was a short term let. So we don't have we're not protecting renters. So why like if if we were protected, that would be okay. But we're not, right. and that's the issue with me. Like I don't feel safe long term renting because yeah. it's not stable. Um. A listener says, uh, laughing out loud at the white picket fence, tis road frontage we want in this country, not white picket fences. <laughs> now, I need to ask the three of you very briefly, um, because I think it'll be interesting in the context of the political controversy again this week or on this topic. Uh, starting with you, Nikki, would the party or a politician that you vote for be influenced by their policy on housing or action on housing? Yes, and I do think a big thing, and I, I find it very interesting, is that, um, you know, some people don't realise that a lot of um, ministers and TDs are landlords themselves. So I think it's very interesting to look at the, that kind of side of things. And I do think housing is a big thing, but like I said, everything is, when you're campaigning, everything is very, very, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but you have to take it with a pinch of salt, and I don't think you could ignore a party's past okay. when you're voting for their future. Jason? Um, yes, I would absolutely uh, vote based on their um, housing record. I mean, um, just this week, um, 
I think it was uh, Rebecca uh, Moynihan um, pretty much uh, called out uh, uh, Bill uh, Darrell O'Brien uh, because in 2019 he devised the bill that um, is uh, that would prevent cuckoo funds from uh, purchasing. That would sorry it, it would. Uh, keep uh, 30% of new housing free of cuckoo funds and now with the recent controversy and um, now that he's in power that bill is suddenly nowhere to be seen so Okay and, and Ashley? Uh, I think absolutely I emailed every uh, TD in my constituency on Monday to see what their thoughts on the new on the housing uh, issues that were being raised in the doll and I only got response back from two and one of them was that they will respond back later with, with a longer reply but um, it definitely does. I think it's going to be our generation's defining crisis. So I think it's important to see what provisions they're making for our future um, okay. so that we can put our trust in them. Well, I think that really gives a sense of why this is such a political hot topic at the moment because parties are interested in all voters, but particularly in recruiting younger voters. You can hear what a big topic it is for our three guests in their 20s this morning. Thank you very much. Really interesting to chat to the three of you. Ashling Kelly, Jason McNicholas and Nikki Anderson. Call Limerick today now on 461995.